0: Sound and Vision Show with the AV Podcast, presented by Phil Hinton.
1: Hello, and welcome to the third AV Podcast. From the Bristol Sound and Vision Show 2007. Coming up in this program, we have even more manufacturer interviews for you. So let's get started straight away with Sim Two and Alan Rosa
0: live from Bristol Sound and Vision. You're listening to the AV Podcast.
1: Well, it's day three at Bristol, and I've managed to finally catch
2: up with Alan Rosa from Sim Two. How are you, Alan? Uh, very well. Um, throat's a bit dry, so uh, after two days of presenting, but um, yes, looking forward to uh, to day three. So uh, um, had a, we've put a good show on and uh, very pleased with uh, the way things have
1: gone so far. It looks very impressive through there. I've yet to sit through the demos. I will do that at some point today. But can you just explain to people what you've actually been showing and, and the reaction you've been getting to it?
2: Certainly. Uh, we've been restricted on what we can do simply because of the room sizes that we've had. It would have been uh, great to do something like we did in London and Manchester. Um, so we've had to sort of limit ourselves on what we can show. So we decided to concentrate on the entry-level products in 720p and 1080 categories. So the first theatre, um, you come into the room and we do a, a short presentation on the Domino uh, 35, which is a, a three grand projector. Um, so you are able to see the full capabilities of 720 and, and HD. Because quite often you know, people try to sort of uh, uh, say that 720 is not high definition, and which is you know complete nonsense as far as we're concerned. However, you can then move into theatre number two and then see 1080 uh, with the Domino D80, which is a new uh, entry-level uh, projector from Sim 2. And then you can make your own judgment on what you believe is right for you in terms of your price point and where you sit in the room and so forth, because those sort of factors make quite a lot of difference when you choose between uh, the, the two formats. So that's basically what we've, we've got. So uh, D35 in theatre one, and then the Domino uh, 80, 1080 in Theatre 2. And uh, We've got quite a nice little production line. We have to shuffle people around a bit. But, uh, so it's been quite interesting, but uh, uh, thoroughly enjoyable and, and good responses. Very pleased with the response too. And um, What kind of material are you showing in there? Is it
1: exclusively high definition? Yes, I think
2: these days um, it's tempting, obviously, to show DVD as well because clearly DVD is going to be around for a very, very long time but i think people expect to see things at their very best when you come to exhibitions and when you look at competing competitors displays be it plasmas be it lcds everybody is doing high definition so i think uh, to be fair you know we have to concentrate on hd it's the format of the future it's fantastic i mean this is what home theater is all about it's exciting with high resolution sound and high resolution images you can't ask for more really a lot of controversy still going about
1: regarding 720p against 1080i, 1080p. Um, it was even brought up at the press conference on, on Friday night with the gentleman there discussing the merits of, of each format. From a, a SIM2 point of view, 720p or
2: 1080 They both do remarkably good jobs. The, uh, I think it's always... It, it, inevitably 1080 will prevail. Without question, uh, I think probably in you know two years' time, everything is going to be 1080. But that doesn't mean to say that you should not invest in a 720p display, because part of the limiting factor of all of this is your eyesight, because it becomes irrelevant when you view material from a certain distance. And we've done this time and time again. Um, This time last year. We had the prototype HD3000 in the theater 2, and we had the C3x in theater 1. And we asked people which was 1080, And over 80 percent went for the C3x. The reason why is because it was perceived to be sharper, brighter and better, had nothing to do with resolution but the fact is that 1080 will prevail at the end of the day but i challenge sometimes people that it's not um it's not as obvious and many of the comments we've had at the show is is simply that it's not as um obvious that i thought it was yes you can see subtle differences but it's not as big as you know probably certain members of the press or uh, it, it, the industry would like you to believe it is but at the end of the day yeah 1080 will prevail that's that's for sure
1: and this is the big thing it's all about your seating distance and how big your display panel is or how big your screen is to what actual resolution your eyes can perceive isn't
2: it absolutely i mean clearly um as a Um, As we retail and sell projectors, I'm biased towards the big screen environment. Um, As great as plasma screens and LCD screens are, for me, um, HD should be seen on bigger than that. You know, 60-inch plasmas are not big screens. Um, They are, obviously, to a lot of people that probably have gone from... 28 inch or 32 inch, you know, that's a quite a significant jump. But the format really comes alive on the big screen, and this is the whole thing about, you know, taking it further to enjoy not only high definition but the gaming side of things. And, you know, the internet, what's going to come down the line over the internet is, is you know, in, in a few years' time, it's going to be quite remarkable. And it's really best to be seen on the big screen but i am biased and i'm sure my uh, my friends who are sending plasmas would have uh, very much uh, other things to say to that but you know for me the big screen experience is what it's all about
1: obviously the big screen experience we've gone from crt projectors in the past and obviously not everybody could have one of them but we're now with the digital age the smaller projectors and the sim design is is one of those designs which doesn't look out of place in, in any living room over the country, does
2: it? We've always tried. I mean, Italian styling, I think, is something that, uh, you know, when we launched the original HT200, um, the average projector was the business presentation product, um, and it was a typical grey brick-shaped uh, product that it was I- irrelevant to what it looked like. For the home, I think that um, SIM2 revolutionised that. Um, people were um, you know, eager to keep it on display, not to put it in a cupboard when they, when they finished with it. And it's all about integration with the, in, into the room. Um, and I think over the years, um, you know, when you look at other products that have come out, clearly they have copied the SIM2 uh, design profile. Um, and, and which is completely understandable because they do have to fit into uh, uh, normal living spaces. You you have to accommodate uh, a normal living room or a family room. Um, not everybody can convert their garage or have a specific uh, room where it doesn't necessarily matter what's on on show so yes we take a very um, big part of making sure that the design the size is uh, is very very important except for the big ht5003 chip that's a bit of a big monster (laughs) so you need a big room for that one it's a big monster but it's
1: one of the best pictures i've ever seen from a digital so kudos uh, to sim 2 for that now anamorphic projection something you showed in london something you did in manchester um unfortunately you don't seem to have the room here to be doing anamorphic is that correct
2: yes i i unfortunately um you know with bristol uh, it, it's a fantastic show it's a great showpiece but um Uh, unfortunately for a company such as us we do need the bigger room to show off if you if if you like to be honest and so we are restricted on that but um coming to from anamorphic projection i think we were uh, probably one of the first to show it in the uk probably two three years ago um because i believe it was a natural progression to improve the experience even further um because it's quite clear that um, the black bars, you know, people still come in and say, why do I get black bars on my screen? They don't quite understand the fact that it's fitting rectangles into squares or, or, almost. So the uh, bringing something that has used in the cinema since the 1950s, into a modern home is quite uh, interesting, and uh, it just takes that experience uh, that bit further. The whole widescreen uh, experience really does come home, and it looks absolutely fabulous. And we're very proud that uh, iSCO uh, Optics, who have a pedigree in the uh, professional cinema, have chosen to sort of join forces with Sim Two to promote their high-end lenses. And I mean, it's they're expensive. There's a lot of glass there and uh, this is something that uh, people often overlook that it's the quality of the optics that really do make a difference you've got the dlp system you've got the electronics but if you sh- show it shine it through sort of ropey optics then uh, you don't get uh, a good result so it's a great partnership with sim2 and, and ISCO, and we're very pleased to be able to offer that to our clients
1: i hate to talk about the competition but I mean, there's, there is only one other company that is competing in terms of anamorphic and that's uh, Runco and they've done a, a little model which has the anamorphic lens built into it. Is that something which Sim 2 will look at in the future to try and bring
2: anamorphic to the masses? Um... <clears throat> Not, we should sort of make too much comment on 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 that. All they've done, in fairness to Runco, is they've just extended the casework to integrate the ISCO uh, ISCO lens to make it look neater. And, and respect to Runco for for doing that. Um, it's something that's very difficult to do because it, when you look at the lenses, there is—you know—they are quite uh, uh, chunky items, um, and it's something that we have to explore and, and look forward to, to the future. But for the moment, they will be sort of standalone. And yes, it's a shame that you put this thumping great big lens in front of a very pretty projector but um you know the you're looking at the other the, the other way you're looking at the screen you're not looking at the projector all the time so uh, you know we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see what we do with that
1: i mean i wouldn't complain with a big uh, lens if i was getting that impact of a 235 to screen people really have to see it to to understand what what we're actually talking about. So if people get the chance to come and see Sim 2 obviously not at Bristol, but any of the other shows this year, you will be showing Anamorphic?
2: We will indeed, yes. I mean, it's uh, my own passion. I'm a film enthusiast myself, so I completely understand what it's all about. And we like to believe to put on a bit of a show. uh, As I say, when we did it in London, the reaction was quite staggering. And, um, you know, my team... You know, we worked very hard over the days to prepare for it and we were rewarded by very good reports and uh, and, and sales and our dealers were very excited that uh, we created quite a lot of uh, stir with that and um, I think you know, paying customers um, deserve it when they come to exhibitions it's very very important that uh, they are entertained uh, I mean, because they are, they are our customers and that's important to us
1: I guess one of the other uh, forum questions, and while I've I've got you here, I'm going to ask you. Ask you. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. But looking towards the future, is there any
2: possibility of a native two three five to one projection system? It's a, a question that we've, um, uh, that I've actually personally asked. But at the moment, um, there's nothing from TI as far as a, a native uh, 235. I'm not, we're not aware of of that. But that's not to say that it won't uh, won't happen. But if it does happen, it will obviously come out of the DCI cinema um system and, and concept so we'll have to wait and see but at this moment in time i don't believe there are any plans to uh, um, to produce a 235 chip it's something that uh, i'm certainly not not aware of
1: alan i'm going to keep you any longer because it's the start of the day and i'm sure we're going to have a, another busy day today
2: thanks for taking the time to speak
0: to the av podcast
2: my pleasure thank you very much indeed Cheers.
0: the bristol sand and vision show 2007 as I
1: said before, it's day three at the Bristol Sound and Vision Show, and I'm now with Terry from Rail. How are you, Terry? I'm doing very well. So... The REL rooms, how many do you have here, and uh, what are you
3: showing? Well, in effect, REL has three rooms here. One is an active demo room where we're demonstrating the Vienna Acoustic Concert Grands and a B1-based system. Um, And then on either side of that demo room, we have two static rooms, one that features REL product in itself, and then the other, the Vienna Acoustic product, which is now being distributed by REL throughout the United Kingdom.
1: And what kind of reaction have you you been getting to the the products?
3: Well, actually, it's been a wonderful show, and the reaction to all of the products, including Vienna Acoustics as well as REL, has been very strong, with real interest in the new products, the T-Series and the R-Series from REL, that essentially completes the new line from the new REL.
1: It's the 20th anniversary of the Bristol show. Uh, REL's always been a part of the Bristol show, um, especially when when it was in the reign of uh, Richard Lord. Now, things have have changed, and there has been a takeover in the last year. So how how have things gone since the changeover?
3: It's gone very well, and I think part of that, as you allude to, is this tradition, this ongoing tradition, that the new ownership of REL has wanted to maintain and, if possible, improve upon, because uh, Richard did establish a great tradition, and the owners of REL now the owners as well of Sumiko, the U.S. distributor for REL. We've worked now with over a decade with the product and assisting in the design, the development, the marketing, the training schemes. And when Richard determined that he wished to retire for a second time, um, it was one of those things where uh, we at Sumiko wanted to make sure that that heritage and uh, um, that mission was maintained. And therefore, as a natural outgrowth of that is our continuing support of the show here in Bristol. Um, And it has been very successful and we're happy to participate in that 20th anniversary? Obviously the AV Forum's audience is huge and
1: um, uh, Rel have always been uh, given a good reputation when it comes to sub-bass for music but uh, not so much for movies, so, so what are, are REL doing to sort of
3: move that along a little bit? Oh, you're breaking my heart, Phil, because I'm a film teacher, and many of my contributions to the REL product have been to incorporate more effectively a sophisticated home theatre approach to bass management. And what I mean by that is this, and uh, I don't want to take up too much time, but in a film um, um, mastering suite, when they're mixing the film, they're using five identical directional loudspeakers with a frequency response of 20 to 20,000 hertz. Rel is the easiest means by which anyone can recreate that kind of system in their listening room by adding the rels at appropriate places in that system, connected high level, that unique feature Richard began with when he began the product line, to be able to augment every single speaker in your theater so that it will be able to achieve that twenty to 20,000 hertz seamless integration of full frequency response. And so it does some amazing things in theater. In fact, that's one of the very messages we want to get across here at the show and as we continue throughout the years with Rel. Um, Are
1: Rel present on the forums? Do you come in, do you have a look, see what people are saying about your products and and maybe help out when people have questions?
3: We have not been doing that in part. We've been so busy designing new product and, and getting the word out to the dealers. But it's certainly something that we should be investigating in the future.
1: Now, just to, to round off, um, obviously the, we're very home theatre biased at the AV forums. It's not that we don't like two-channel, we've got two-channel fans and so on, but th- there is a bias towards home theatre. If someone is looking for a new sub base system to add to their system... Why should they seek out REL, and, and what models should they be looking at?
3: System. Not singular, but plural. RELs. There needs to be three RELs in every theatre system. In fact, I'm as a, as, as a film teacher and with my specialty in film sound, one of the things that I find so astounding is, and I think the AV forums are absolutely correct in presenting and featuring home theatre, is that probably a more difficult thing to reproduce is a film soundtrack. It is so many layers of so many textured sounds that are designed to... Almost unconsciously manipulate the audience to carry them along emotionally in the very same way that film is always described. Uh, I'm sorry, music is always described. Film is doing this on levels of sounds that are almost too uh, too varied to even mention here in this in this in this short interview. Um, but the reels again allow this amazing flexibility to be able to give you the textural detail that a film sound designer is looking for, and whether that textual detail is within the human voice, within the sound of say a lion's roar or an explosion or even in the simple fact that when you're putting together that film soundtrack you have little tiny elements like like the uh, cloth pass, the sound of human beings walking in their clothes or for that matter the very space and environment in which they're speaking. All of these things REL can contribute to heighten that sense, to complete that picture, the sonic picture will, to go along with the, the, the film picture. And so any one of the RELs are designed specifically um, to help not only for music but for film. In fact... The B1 was designed immediately after an interaction I had with Mark Berger, the four-time Academy Award sound designer, when he had difficulty in mastering the K-19 Widowmaker DVD, and they needed a more sophisticated subwoofer to work with their DVD mastering suite. And so in many cases, a lot of the REL subs have been designed directly uh, with involvement in film sound production. And therefore, in film sound reproduction, they can do some wonderful things with all of the flexibility they have in hookup, as well as then in their uh, control management, their ability to be dialed in specifically for each and every speaker uh, in the system.
1: Terry, we could go on for ages, and it is fascinating stuff. What I think we should do, once we get Bristol out of the way, and once we get a few things out of the way, we should arrange to meet up again and maybe do a full interview for the podcast. Would you be up for that? I'd love to do that. Thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us, and if anybody's coming along to the show uh, this weekend, if they haven't visited Rail, they're missing out, because you don't buy one, you buy three. Exactly. Thank you, Phil.
0: Made by enthusiasts. For enthusiasts. Wow, a free
4: movie, thanks.
0: This is the AV Podcast. So I'm here with John from uh,
5: Sharp. You're showing your new AQUIS range. So how are things going for you? Uh, very well, actually. Uh, we spoke to several hundred people um, on the Aquos range. Obviously, we're demonstrating our full 1080p panels. Um, they've got the resolution of 1920 by 1080 uh, they're able to display 1080 interlaced and 1080 progressive as well, which is, is unheard of in the majority of the panels that are on the market currently.
1: Now, the, uh, they are a beautiful looking set. You've got three of them here. Just talk us through
5: them. Uh, we've actually we've, we've got four here today. We've got the 37XD1, which is the smallest of the 1080p panels. We've got the 42, we have the 46 and we have the massive 52 inch as well. And you're totally right in what you're saying. It's fantastic looking. High gloss piano black uh, and they are selling very well in retail.
1: Now, uh, I don't know if you know, but our DVD reviewers, their uh, reference systems, at least two of them now have sharp Aqua screens, so that must say something about the quality.
5: It certainly does, and um, these do definitely appeal to both uh, end users that are looking at a highly high stylish um, TV set and enthusiasts alike, as they are very, um, should we say, future-proof, and they also have lots of uh, technical features on there.
1: So, for forum members that they'll be listening into this and, and uh, wondering about the sharp screens now, what are you going to say to them? Should they go out and, and view them, demo them, and, and have a look for themselves?
5: I think what you should do when you're certainly buying a panel is uh, have a look at the TV set and judge it on its merits. Um, certainly, when, as you can see yourself, when we're looking at these panels here um, demonstrating Blu ray 1080 interlaced, you can see yourself they do look fantastic, and it is light looking, uh, excuse the pun, but it is a very, very sharp image
1: almost like looking through a window
5: I think is the common term used that's correct, that's how they described um, high definition uh, many many years ago it's like looking through a window and indeed yes it is when you look at these panels
1: thanks for taking the time to speak to us on the AV Podcast and all the best for the the rest of the show
5: ok, thank you very much
0: you're listening to the AV Podcast live from Bristol Sound and Vision so I'm still on uh, floor 3, we're speaking to Ron Locke from Keth hi Ron,
4: hi good afternoon, how are you?
1: I'm not too bad, sore feet Trying to get around the, around the show on time. Um, what's CAF showing this year? And, and run us through through your main demonstrations.
4: Well, we, we as you'll probably notice, um, we have four rooms here at the show, um, which is a huge, huge statement from us. Uh, we've got three rooms here on the third floor. One room specifically laid out just with product, so people can come in and talk to us about the CAF range. Look, see the CAF range in it's all in all its glory. Uh, and, and obviously pick up literature and we can field questions and i have got quite a lot of staff here as well which is, uh, which is really good so we've been you know, handling a lot of uh, serious inquiries in this particular room the other two rooms uh, we have one dedicated to just good old-fashioned two-channel hi-fi so a little RCAM system on a, pack of, a back of a pair of IQ7s um, which works very, very well it's been very well received uh, and the third room that we've got on the third floor is dedicated to multi-channel and it's laid out in a in a modern setting, so we have a really nice uh, set uh, set up in the room. Trouble with these bedrooms, they look like hotel bedrooms, so it's very difficult to, to make it look presentable. So we've done quite a lot, of, put quite a lot of effort in to making them look really smart. So the third room, as I say, is, is dedicated to AV uh, Kit 200 specifically on the uh, as the main multi-channel system with a small LCD screen, all of the front, free array are wall mounted. And the two rear speakers that we're using in that room are wireless. It sets up wirelessly with our brand new wireless modules, which means that there's no physical cables going from the amplifier to the rear speakers, which is great. It solves a problem for those that tend to wait, tend to shy away from multi-channel systems purely because of the wiring. Uh, but now they don't have to worry because Kev found a solution which will help them. Uh, the wireless system itself is, is very uh, technically phenomenal because what it actually does is hops various different um, frequencies so as soon as it automatically detects an interfering frequency it will hop automatically to the next one and that's done in absolute fractions of a millisecond so you hear no signal signal degradation no dropouts and the, the information that's sent to the rear is also sent at full bandwidth full cd bandwidth so 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz so very clean very precise and the two receivers at the back of the room which are driving the, the rear speakers have an ice power 50 watt um, amplifier on board as well so it's very clean very efficient very dynamic. The um, large room, which we typically always have, um, we have done for the last 18 years, is the Oslo suite down in the basement. And that's basically the daddy of all of our rooms uh, at the show. We're featuring very heavily and we're using it as the UK launch of our brand new reference range, uh, the reference Mark II. And those that know KEF um, and know the reference range will know that it's obviously very very near and dear to us. We build it here in the UK. Uh, it's, it's, it's hideously expensive, but, you know, you know, spoil yourself. You've got to spend some money. Um, and we have a full multi-channel AV system set up down there, uh, two 205.2s at the front, four 203.2s, the sides and rears, uh, 204.2C uh, as centre speaker, and the brand-new 209 phenomenal-powered subwoofer, which is about £6,000 worth. It is awesome. The whole kit comes in at about twenty grand and we're using a, an ARCAM power station to, uh, to get that thing working for us. And, and that's been very well received. It sounds phenomenal, looks great, uh, and we've been had nothing but positive feedback from that.
1: It's uh, it's 20th anniversary of Bristol. Cap's um, been here a long, long time. What makes Bristol
4: so special? This, this is a phenomenal show, not only in terms of we get to meet a lot of good consumers down here, uh, but we also get to meet a lot of tr- good, pr- good trade and press as well. So we get a lot of dealers visit um, we use it as, uh, as, as just like, a, like a, a, a base to touch base with all of our dealers in this particular area and come and talk to us iron out any problems that they may have and for consumers as well it 's great to get you know get down and dirty with the consumers and, and get some good feedback and you know, it 's great talking to people about what systems they use or they 're considering upgrades or you know, even if they don 't even own kef it 's just good to, to get you know find out what people are into. And uh, yeah, we love the show. It's brilliant. We've, we've done it for years and years and years, and yeah, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, we're all getting older, and we don't make it any easier on ourselves every year, especially this year with four rooms. It's going to be uh, hideous at five o'clock this evening trying to take it all out. I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> the, 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 I think the thing that also makes Bristol very special is the, I think the mix between two channel hi fi and multi channel home cinema. It's fifty fifty, isn't it? it? It's a good mix.
4: It is, yeah. But we'll, you know, we've typically in the past only had one room and generally if you have if you i don't want to alienate anybody that's the thing so i want something for everybody at the show so someone can come here and if they want to listen to a good old-fashioned two-channel stereo kef have got something that they can offer that that consumer someone wants to come in and listen to a very small discrete subset multi-channel av package there's something here for that consumer to see um and if they want something that's just going to blow their socks off and something that's completely out of the way and awesome, we have that offering as well. Yeah, quite rightly. I mean, what I have noticed over the last couple of years that the, the, the hi-fi side of it is, be, is become sort of a shrinking violet. It's not until you come up to the third floor or the fourth floor and you see these small rooms, these small suites, that you can really gauge and how popular hi-fi still is. And it's great to talk to people and, and, and to get feedback on just good old-fashioned two-channel hi-fi. And there's some phenomenal products out there, you know. Um, but AV is obviously, you know, with DVD, the birth of DVD, and obviously with the the Blu-ray and the HDD thing, you know, it's just taken multi-channel to a completely different level again, uh, and it is a phenomenal experience. Sitting in there, watching, uh, listening to your favourite mu- uh, music in multi-channel with a, with an image as well to view, just gets you a hell of a lot more involved than just sitting in front of two pair, you know, a pair of speakers, uh, twiddling your thumbs really. So, the
1: the thing that surprised me as well is. Um, I got into the AV game a long time ago. I'm sure you did as well. Absolutely. And um, it's just the, the phenomenal growth of the industry, isn't
4: it? Oh, it is for sure. And it's, it's certainly, you know, we, as a manufacturer, as KEF, uh, we, we, yeah, absolutely, because it's, it's grown our business phenomenally over the last uh, eight to ten years. Uh, we were one of the first manufacturers in the UK to introduce a, a centre speaker, uh, which not a lot of people know. Um, and since then, we've really taken the AV thing uh, to, you know, and, and built on it, and we have some phenomenal AV packages to offer the consumers at various different price points and levels, from anything from sort of three hundred pounds all the way through to fifteen to twenty plus. So uh, you know, it's very dear and dear to us, and pretty much everything that we offer, out, even as hi-fi packages, have ancillary products to, to upgrade them to AV. So yeah, AV has really helped grow our business absolutely. And uh, for any manufacturer that's sort of sitting back saying, no, I'm ne- we're never going to get into AV. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid I don't think there's will get much future for them to be honest So, uh, yeah.
1: Ron, it's, uh, it's been great speaking to you all the best for the rest of the show and um, and thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us
4: My pleasure, absolutely and good luck to everyone on the AV forums
0: The Highest Definition,
6: definition. The
0: This is the AV Podcast I'm still on the fourth floor and I'm uh, now with Paul Lawrence
1: from Anderson and count at Mitsubishi and you are showing the HC5000
7: Yeah, we're showing uh, Mitsubishi's new 1080p um, their sort of flagship projector um, but an amazing sort of 2795 RRP um, which has I think caused a bit of a stir at the show um, the real big features on it is fabulous picture quality for a uh, LCD um, projector um, but it's also amazingly quiet, only 19 dB um, I think there's already been a lot of stir on the AV Forum on the projector of how, how well it's going down um, we've had fantastic response from everyone at the show um, on it. Um, <coughs> great picture quality, um, silent projector, and actually looks quite nice as well. Comes with horizontal and vertical end shift as well. Um, and 5,000 hours lamp life, which another key feature for the home market.
1: Well, that's unheard of these days, that, that type of lifespan for a bulb.
7: Yeah, and not only that, but Mitsubishi also obviously Mitsubishi are known for their reliability on projectors. Um, but they're also offering a three-year loan replacement on the projector as well, which two years longer than most manufacturers on a home projector. So um, it's good. And, and, and five thousand hours is on normal um, brightness. So obviously, you put it into eco mode, um, and you're looking at you know sort of probably seven, eight thousand hours on that lamp. So what's your contrast ratio? Uh, Ten thousand to one. So that's another impressive figure. It is, yeah. I mean, as I say, the, the real amazement on the projector, when Mitsubishi brought it um, to us, we actually were looking at expecting it to be about five, six thousand pounds £6,000. Um, for under £3,000, you're getting a lot of projector for your money. Now, the, the other
1: products in there, I noticed that the Rotel products there. What are you showing Rotel-wise?
7: Um, well, we're actually just on behalf of BMW. Um, we've just got the uh, Rotel DVD player and amp, um, and then the um, BMW um, M1 speakers uh, with the PV amp. Um, we also have in there um, Stuart's new offering which is the um, (coughs) it's a Luxus Deluxe screen wall but it's with their new um, 1080p surface uh, Firehawk G3 which has been specifically designed um, for 1080 projection uh, with a much finer grain it's one of the things that Stuart have found in research with the new 1080p projectors is that when you've got a true 1080p picture on there any imperfection in your screen is going to show up instantly on the projector and they've got a much finer grain surface which Coupled with the Mitsubishi projector, you've got a fantastic combination there for under five thousand pounds, which just gives you an amazing picture.
1: So, if people haven't made it along to the show, they can't see this
7: projector in action. Um, why should they go and seek it out? Um, because <coughs> at, at the kind of cost level it is, at the under three thousand pounds, you're actually going to get a, a future-proof projector. Um, 1080p may not be sort of available here for everybody yet um, but the projector can do it but as um, you'll see if you go along and ask a dealer for a demonstration or um, see the projector on just a standard DVD source on component the picture's stunning Um, and that's what I think everyone at the show here has been sort of amazed by now, I, I, I don't know where your choice of demo material
1: came from. I actually heard you say something about your, your DVD library. It's not that great because you're showing Rain of Fire.
7: <laughs> We've shown a selection of DVDs from the Anderson Kern Library. Uh, Rain of Fire was one of those, but it's just quite a good dark DVD to uh, show off the... Um, show off the sort of black levels on the projector and we've shown sort of a few sort of DVDs and some just high def source um, I mean we could have really gone the whole hog probably and got a Blu-ray DVD player in with a HDMI source and really sort of knocked everyone's socks off but we wanted to show people what it's going to be like for them when they, when they take it home Well that's the thing, everybody seems to be HD,
1: HD, HD but people have hundreds of DVDs at home and that's going to be the primary viewing
7: source isn't it? It is, yeah and as, as you, um, you know, the everyone is going to have lots of dvds and yet for the you know for the next 2 or 3 years that's what you're going to be playing yeah you might get you know in next year a few more people are going to have high def sources and they're going to be watching things, but you still want to be able to watch your old stuff in, in good quality, and you want the projector to be able to handle that. And that's what I think we've um, gobsmacked a lot of people with. They're walking in and they're thinking they're watching a high-def picture, and actually, it's just coming straight out of a DVD player um, via component into the back of the projector. There's no scaling, the projector's doing the scaling, not, you know, there's no separate scaler, and you're getting a stunning picture.
1: One of the controversial points at the moment in the industry is 720p or 1080p. Where do you stand on that one?
7: Well, now with with with, it, with projectors like this coming out, you've got a projector that can do 1080p and 720. <clears throat> you, if you, can, if you can afford to stretch to, you know, the, the price of the projector, you're future-proofing. You know, I think 720 is is the foreseeable future for the next um, couple of years. But sooner or later, we are going to be it is going to be 1080p because um, we you know, everyone's always looking to improve their picture quality. Um, and that's the way it's going. So with a projector like the Mitsubishi, you know, you can run your 720p content fine. But then you've also, as things move forward, you've actually got a projector that you can be happy with for the next sort of, three or four years.
1: Paul, it's been great catching up we you. Great having a look at the projector. Thanks very much for joining us on the AV Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, speaking to me.
0: Live from Bristol Sound and Vision, you're listening to the AV Podcast. So I'm with uh,
1: John Jeffers from MJ Acoustics. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And uh, what is it you're showing uh, at the Bristol show this year?
8: We're showing an exclusive uh, Xeno system, 5.1 in piano gloss black, matched with the uh, group test award-winning Pro 50. Uh, so that's a full system, so that's speakers and subwoofer? Yeah, it is. It's two, it's two satellites, left, front, left, front, right, and the rear, left and right, the dedicated centre and the subwoofer. It's going to be launched in the middle of the summer, around June time, and uh, the expected price is going to be all including at 650.
1: Now that's uh, very competitive uh, in the marketplace at the moment. Why should people seek that out for a demo, then?
8: Well, those that have seen it today, which is its first outing and launch, have been quite surprised and staggered at the price. We've had price guesses of somewhere between £1,500 and £3,000 for the system. And when we tell them 650 they are just speechless. Um, we want to be as competitive and get an opportunity this year to, um, you know, sound profound, hit the whole marketplace. So
1: how come you can, you can get products like that to market for such competitive pricing then? Is, is
8: it all in-house design? Yes, it is all. That's, we do everything in-house. That's one of the reasons why uh, we are able to give our margins and, and be as competitive as we are.
1: Now, MJ Acoustics are a very well-known name um, on the forums. Uh, what lines of subwoofers do you have at the moment and what are we looking for forward to in the future then?
8: Well, at the moment we have the Pro range, which uh, is the the fifth anniversary relaunch of the Pro 50 Mark II, which was a significant change from the original one, which was much loved. Um, It went from an 8-inch driver to a 10-inch. We've nearly tripled the power. We put twin crossovers on board, yet we kept the original five-year-old price of 299 and the same size box, so it packs a bigger punch. It's deeper and more extended for the same money. That was quite an achievement, and we've been able to achieve that because uh, we've got stronger, our buying power's got stronger, and uh, we've had more support both um, in Europe and the rest of the world and in the UK. I'm not going to keep you any longer because you have got a busy room
1: in it. You've got a loud room. It sounds fantastic. All the best with the speaker range, and thanks uh, very much for
0: taking the time to speak to
8: us. Thank you very much.
0: The Bristol Sand and Vision Show, 2007. So I'm now speaking to Stuart from Optima.
1: We're in your your demonstration room. So what are you showing? Uh, Today we've got the theme scene HD81,
9: and we've also got the HD73, utilising one of our screens, the Panaview Grey Wolf fixed frame. Uh, Media source we've got is a hard drive, currently showing 1080p. uh, And we've also got a standard DVD for those
1: people that want to compare the 1080p against standard 576 DVD. So what's the difference between the two models? Let's start with the bottom model there that you have on on the rack. Okay, the HD81 is a two-box system. We've got a separate control unit on the top, which
9: is a control system and switcher and colour management system. And we've got the HD81 projector. Now both those link together with via RS232 and HDMI. And then you've also got your mains cable. That will allow you to put the control unit in your main system, keep the the leads short and good quality. And you just run that straight up to the uh, HD81.
1: Okay, so... That, that's a new feature which uh, not many fa- manufacturers have put on the market yet. So what was the thinking behind that then? The whole idea of it, we actually used Genom uh, VXP chipsets in here. Uh,
9: it's In terms of simplification of the wiring, as I said, it, already, it just allows you to put the RS-232 up to the projector and HDMI. So rather than having to run your component, your composite, your S-video, and have five or six cables running up to the projector, we can simplify the installation we can put the control box within the system, uh, everything connects to here so we can have your Sky HD, we can have your standard DVD and then that communicates directly with the projector and sends a signal up so it's really a simplification but also in terms of the chipsets we're using here the ability to actually scale to 1080p uh, and also the colour management setup of it, we can
1: independently change every aspect of the picture. So, um, we'll move up to the next level, which is uh, the small projector there. Which one's that? And, and This is the theme scene uh, HD73. Admittedly, we're kind of moving backwards in comparison with the
9: 81. The 81 is our flagship model. We'll have one model above that called the LV, which is Large Venue. So, talking about the HD73 here, that's a, a one-box system. We've got an inbuilt built scaler. Uh, so, you'd run all your cables to the projector with your mains lead. We're using Ferrugia processing in the HD73. Contrast ratio is 6,000 to 1. Some uh, listeners might actually remember the HD72. We've just replaced it with the 73. The main difference being we've actually removed the white segment on the 73 colour wheel, which will help eliminate rainbows, but also create a more cinematic picture quality.
1: So what kind of... uh what kind of feedback have you been getting from customers and people coming in and having a look at the it's screens? It's been absolutely outstanding. I mean, we've had customers
9: that actually stood at the door and said, how much is that plasma screen on the wall? Natural fact is our 92-inch uh, Grey Wolf screen utilising the 1080p projector. Uh, and it's been kind of draw-dropping for customers when they've come in. They've looked at the picture running 1080p and they've just gone, wow, unbelievable, unbelievable. So I think overall the show's been very good for us. Uh, Friday, very, very busy. Saturday, busy. And so far today, Sunday,
1: excellent. I guess it's just it's just about educating people, isn't it, when it comes to high definition, that bigger is always better.
9: It is. It is about education. It's about allowing customers to come in here, see 1080p, see the true potential of the, the picture itself, the source material. But also, we've given the option here that most customers are still using DVD, so we've still got the option here to put 576 through it, the standard DVD, and you can see that upscaled to
1: 1080p on the HD81 or upscaled to 720 on the HD73. Fascinating stuff. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us on the AV Podcast. Thank you very much.
0: Brought to you by AV Forums and AVPlay.com
4: Oh my God,
3: is there nothing you
0: people can't do? This is the AV Podcast. So I'm
1: with Keir. Keir, you stopped by to have a word with us because of one important thing. You developed the software for the forums, didn't you?
10: I did. I think you run vBulletin, uh, which is the product that we wrote, and uh, now support.
1: So um, it, it must be good to see forum sites such as AV Forums up on, on, on your software. Uh, it's great to see forums that have uh, grown from small things to uh, companies that can now exhibit in a place like this. Where's things going for for V-Bulletin software in the future and what what upgrades can we see in the forums in the future? Uh,
10: Work on the forums is a little slow at the moment because we're working on some new products that uh, we're hoping to bring to market in the near future. But uh, while we're doing that, there are big plans for V-Bulletin 4, um, which is very exciting and we're all itching to get started on it.
1: I also understand you yourself have a very respectable home cinema setup.
10: Oh, some might say it's respectable. It's uh, I've got a fifty-inch um, Pioneer plasma uh, running with um, a BMW 600 series um, speaker system. It does the job quite nicely.
1: That's great. So you must be a regular on Navy Forums, then. Uh, yes, I have been known to drop by. <laughs> well, it's, it's great. Thanks for dropping by to speak to us today, and all the best with the, the software updates. Same to you. Thanks very much.
0: Live from Bristol Sound and Vision, you're listening to the AV Podcast.
1: Final day of the show. We're outside the projection design room, and I bumped into Gordon Fraser. Hi, Gordon.
6: Hi, Phil so Gordon you here have a look around the show I understand you've only seen two floors though yeah I've been at the very top well actually I've seen four floors but there's only been two companies on two of them so that was Sim and Name Audio and uh, I've been on the two two floors with actually lots of manufacturers on them it's been quite interesting so far so have you seen anything that's, that's really sort of, you've sort of said whoa that's, that's half decent uh, well strangely enough uh, I'm a video man but the thing that impressed me the most was an audio thing actually two things, there's a company called uh, True Call Industries who uh, do interconnects and mains cables and they've been doing lots of demonstrations of you know, AB comparisons of their speaker cables and their mains cables against other people's and the really obvious differences although funnily enough when I asked them if they would do me an AB demo of their HDMI cable against another HDMI cable they didn't <laughs> uh, and the other company that I thought was really good was uh, uh, Slim Devices who do network um, audio players. And they do a really, really high-quality networked media player, uh, which I thought sounded really good. And uh, that's one of the reasons I'm here at the show, is actually I'm looking for something from my own home. So video-wise, um, have you seen anything yet which which is impressed? Uh, well, the Sim 2 demo uh, upstairs uh, was pretty good. Um, I didn't know what we were watching at first, but... Uh, the, the, the 720p projector, uh, I was actually a bit concerned because I thought it was a 1080p one and I didn't think it was that great. But once I realised it was a 720p one, I thought, well, actually, that's alright. The 1080p one is really good. Uh, so I was quite impressed with that. Uh, I've just come out of the Mitsubishi Stewart room and uh, can't say I was that impressed with uh, that. You can see really obvious uh, blurring uh, when they were playing a DVD with Ben Affleck in it and his head bobbed around and it was I was standing at the doorway and I could see it wasn't right. Another thing that amazed me was I could actually see the screen surface standing at the back of the room. It wasn't even in a seat and I could see the screen surface. So I don't know what the screen surface was. I suspect it's probably a high-contrast grey screen, but uh, I wouldn't be a fan of uh, getting one of those in a hurry. We've just had a quick look at uh, Projection Design's new M20 Um, What were your initial impressions with that then? Well, I just walked into the room and I wasn't sure what was playing, but I did think it looked really good. Uh, I'm quite a fan of Projection Design's projectors. Um, They're not all great. Uh, I have one, or I had one myself for a while. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing just what they've done, because they're clever guys. Anything you're really looking forward to at this year's show? Uh, Well, I was looking forward to seeing the Fujitsu LCD displays, but I hear they're not here, (laughs) so I don't know. I'll go downstairs and see what's there. I'm just interested in seeing uh, how far audio has come, if if there are really big developments, seeing if there's anybody selling scalers here, but that doesn't appear to be. So maybe I should be here next year, I don't know. I mean,
1: Optima had a, a... quite a nifty little device um i'm not sure if it's a scaler or not but it was uh, plugged into the, their top line projector which they're showing have you had a chance to have a look at that
6: oh actually yeah i i did i did go into the opto room unfortunately uh when when i was there they were just playing a demo loop of some hd material they've obviously had made specifically i think it's either for optoma or for somebody else of a girl on a motorbike and uh, typically, but what happens with most of these shows is that manufacturers, if they're not playing an HD DVD, and they're not playing a DVD, then they're playing custom-made material, which usually involves a completely static image, with one one object, be it a person's head or I don't know, a ball or a car, moving very slowly across the screen, and those are things which are really easy to make look good. Uh, especially static images. So it's really hard to tell what's what. And on that on the, uh, the Toma thing, I mean, it, look, it looked fantastic, but there, were, there was one area where there was actually a, a vertical pan down the front of the forks of the motorbike, and the orange reflector of the motorbike was covered in a video artefact. But I was probably looking at something and no one noticed it, because I was looking specifically to see if there was anything wrong with it. Apart from that, it looked great, but I'd love to have seen a proper... Bit of film material on it. See, but it's what and that box is a scaler. Yes, Gordon. It's always it's
1: always good to catch up. With you, it's always good to get your opinions uh, on, on what's on show. Enjoy the rest of the show, and
0: thanks for joining us today. well thanks, Phil. Have fun. Join the discussion at Europe's largest home cinema website. Log in to AVForums.com. We're still
1: outside the projection design room, and I'm now speaking to uh, Mike from Icon uh, Distribution. Mike, you're in the Tannoy room, so let us know what, what you're showing in there.
11: Um, yeah, we've, we, we've got two uh, demonstration rooms um, here at the show. Uh, one is focusing on uh, home cinema. Um, we've got the big projection design um, 720 projector in there, and we're using the Tannoy Ar- Arena Highline 300 system. Um, so that's great for, for, for your movies. In, for, for the music fans, next door we've got the dedicated um, stereo setup. We're launching at the show this year um, the Tannoy Glen Air 10 inch. It's a dual concentric uh, hi fi loudspeaker, and they're £3,000 a pair. So what's uh, th- this launch? Just tell us a little bit more about, about the speaker
1: there. It's,
11: it's, it's, it's essentially it's a 10-inch drive unit. It uses our dual-concentric um, technology, which basically is a point-source drive unit. It's uh, two drive units um, mounted concentrically to each other, uh, basically to try and give you the performance of one drive unit, a point-source. Um, that's the core technology in there. They're in a cherry wood um, cabinet. Really nice design. We've got them rigged up with a, a, a relatively inexpensive valve amplifier, about 750 pounds, um, and we're using a, a PC for our for our source, which is a bit controversial I've raised a few eyebrows at the show. Um, but no, uh, no, it's really good. We've got a really nice uh, sound coming from the room, and, and people have been impressed so far
1: that'll no doubt be a uvm um pc is that is that specially um constructed for music playback
11: yeah i mean there's, there's, there's two uh there's two basic models you've got the the media center for for movies um and music and and the one we're using in the in the hi-fi room is, is an audio file two channel um we've got lossless music files on there it's got error correction so we're aiming to get cd or, or better performance from it and You know, whilst it's raised a few eyebrows, it's it's a really good way to listen to music because you put it on loop and you find yourself listening to 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 stuff that you know otherwise you wouldn't have pulled out. So,
1: so what's the reaction from the public being over the weekend towards what you're showing there?
11: Really positive. I mean, uh, you know, you've probably walked around. There's 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 a lot of uh, money and a lot of investment that goes into these shows. Um, It's difficult to get these hotel rooms sounding really, really good. But uh, I, I think we've done well and you know you can walk around and unfortunately some of the guys haven't put a great deal of effort into but we spent a bit of time on Thursday getting the sound right and, and it's been really good, really positive.
1: Thanks for taking the time to speak to us on the podcast and uh, all the best with, with the end results from the show.
11: Thank you, thanks very much. The
1: Bristol Sound and Vision Show, 2007. Well, we've been standing outside the projection design room for a while, speaking to other people, but I finally
12: managed to catch Chris from Projection Design. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, very good. Been busy. There's a lot of people want to see what we've got here today, so I'm not surprised because it's a brand new model for you guys, isn't it? That's, <coughs> excuse me. Yes, that's right. It's um, it's the first time we've shown it in the UK. Uh, we showed it last month at ISE in Amsterdam, and that was the the world first. But this is the first for the UK, so. And it's been very well received, really well received.
1: So just tell us a little bit about the uh, the M20 projector you've got in there.
12: Okay, yeah, the, the M20 is, is a sort of next generation on from the Model 2, which we did very well with. Um, the big difference is the introduction of something called Brilliant Colour. Um, and what that means is uh, we, we've introduced secondary colours to the colour wheel, and we, sp- we speeded it up, basically. So... You still get the the good quality you know lack of rainbow that, that we've seen in previous models but now you're getting a much wider color gamut and the saturation is is really noticeable on the screen so you combine that with the already good contrast levels the good black levels the good optics and you know that's why we've had such a good response i think it really does look awesome and that's a,
1: that's a, a 720 model isn't
12: it that's right 720p and again part of the 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 plan for this show was to get people away from the numbers game we we could have come down with our 1080 model and blown everyone away and got very excited but you know most living rooms um you don't end up with a 10 grand video server and a a 15 grand projector people want to be realistic so we've got a complete home cinema setup there with with the projector the tannoy speakers a blu-ray player that you could do the whole lot for eight thousand pounds and you know the 1080 1080 numbers game that people have been playing lately. You know we're showing people here that you know the other ingredients—the colour, the contrast, the actual brightness output of the projector—are as important, if not more important, in getting a good image.
1: It's funny you mention the numbers game because I was I've been speaking to John Dawson recently, mm-hmm. um, Alan Rosa from Sim as well. Yeah. everybody's saying the same thing: stop playing the numbers game. Look at the quality. Yes. 720p can be just as good as 1080.
12: Absolutely, and and people the most common question we've had here this weekend is do you do a 720 version as well then and then i say "Although no, that is 720 and it, and people people have this conception in their mind this preconception that that 1080 is the only thing that will give them good quality and it's actually the last thing that provides the quality you've got to have all the other ingredients first so um yeah we're, we're proving that i think quite well here
1: And it it also comes down to the size of your screen and your seating distance from the screen, doesn't it, 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 to to see the the extra resolution that's there. Um, And I noticed that the projector you've got there has got the the wide lens, is that correct?
12: That's right, yeah. We've got a a, a 1.1 to 1 wide lens on it, um, and the screen is 8 foot. Now, In that room, it's probably a bit too big, and and I've got the same projector at home and a 6 foot screen in a similar size room. and you're absolutely right. I would not benefit from going to 1080p because you wouldn't see the extra definition. And to be honest, I don't think it's worth the, worth the extra money. But that's a preference thing, of course. And if the screen gets bigger, then you, you've got to look at higher resolutions.
1: So why should uh, people listening to this go and seek a demonstration of the projection design M20? The,
12: um, the main reason, I think, is to see the, the new brilliant colour technology. We're the only people in the world to have yeah. it on a 720 projector, and we work with Texas Instruments to, to create that. Um, and the, the results really are uh, you know, taking DLP projectors to another level. Colours in the past have been great on LCD, very saturated, very rich, and that's been one way of knocking a DLP in some ways. But now we've widened the gamut. We've got this better mid-tone brightness and saturation. And it, and it really is a, a, a huge leap forward. It's the biggest technology change in DLP for a long time, I think. So it seems believing, basically.
1: Well, good luck with the rest of the show, uh, the rest of today. And um, good luck with
0: the model. It, it's an absolute cracker.
12: Thank you very much.
0: It's more than just stuff.
12: I
3: would deem it excellent.
0: This is the AV Podcast. Well, I've managed to
1: catch up with uh, Sam Rolfe, Icon Distribution. Sam... A little birdie tells me yeah, you've been partying hard this weekend.
8: Well, I'd, I'd like to know who the little bird was first, because
1: I'll ring its bloody neck, but there you go. <laughs> OK, Sam, sir, how's the Bristol show gone for
8: you guys this weekend, then? And- it's been really good, and the way that you can judge that is by the fact that you can't get out the room to see any of the other stuff. Normally, you have that little bit of a lull and you find yourself kind of wandering down the corridors seeing what's what and having a, a peek about, but this year I literally have not had a chance to go and see anything else. Uh, we launched a new projector this weekend, and the response has been fantastic. It's been very hard to escape for any period of time at all, and it's been very tiring. So you know it's good when you, uh, when you feel very tired. It's good stuff, yeah.
2: That usually
1: means you go to bed at a decent hour. Well, yeah. W- w- yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> Sam, it's been, uh, been great to catch up with you and the guys are Projection Design and tarry. All the best for the show, and thanks for joining us on the podcast.
8: You're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Live. From
0: Bristol Sand and Vision, you're listening to the AV Podcast. So I've managed to
1: catch catch up again with John Dawson. Hi, John. Hi. Good morning, everyone. So, uh, John, you've had a chance to go round the show now, and you've had a chance
13: to see everything. What do you think? Well, I'd like to say I've seen everything, and to be fair, I haven't, but I've seen a chunk of it and those rooms I could get into. Um, and it's as vibrant as ever, I'm pleased to say, and there's been some excellent demonstrations, particularly on the lower floors where there's more space.
1: So how's things going for you with the, the Solo 5.1? It, it is creating some, some, some kind of stir, isn't it, around the show?
13: A wee bit of a stir would be one of those nice JD understatements. Yes, we're thrilled to bits. Uh, we've had a fantastic reaction to it, and the room's been jammed um, from beginning to end. And Not just the fact that it's, a, it's got very good video quality, but actually the, the audio quality um, on all formats is up there with some of the best. So that's surprised a lot of people. Uh, so,
1: so those people who, um, who haven't made it along to the show this year, they really should go and see the, the local Arkham dealer and get a listen to the solo, shouldn't they?
13: Um, oh, <laughs> I love those leading questions, Phil. Um, yes, they should. Um, the product will start appearing in dealers from the very end of this month and steadily ramp up through March. Um, so check with your dealer first. But we're back ordered to, I think, technical terms, kingdom come. But we'll be getting out there as sensibly and quickly as we can so uh, in quite decent volumes I hope
1: It's the 20th anniversary of this show um, 20, 20 whole years have, have gone past and um, it always seems to be that there's a format war of one kind and another and the press conference the other night we were talking about HD formats and where things are going so just for the listeners who didn't make it along uh, obviously myself and Stuart have given our opinions on what was heard can you just um, tell, tell people what was actually said from your point of view and your perspective?
13: Um, oh my goodness, um, That would... how long have you got? Uh, I'm notorious for droning on and on about these things. I gave a little piece uh, personally um, about um, 720p and 1080i, upscaled or not, um, and the fact that both are valid formats. And um, I'll try to write a technical paper on that and put it on our website in the next month or so. Um, suffice it to say that if you're upscaling a DVD, um, either port it out of the DVD player at... 576 or at 720p but my advice is not to do it in general at 1080i because to do that the player will have de-interlaced the signal off the disc uh, scaled it up reinterlaced interlaced it to get the i again because you cannot scale interlaced signals they look ghastly um, shipped it as 1080i to the display, which will have to have reinterlaced interlaced it to display it again, because all modern displays run progressive. Um, and depending on the quality of the various conversions, you will lose some or lots of quality on the way. It would be much better to go at 720p. So my theme was, biggest is not always best. Uh, beware of the numbers game. Um, That might apply to the high-definition formats, too, as none of us there last night would ever deny that if you can get your hands on one of these things and send it to a decent projector or a very high-quality display, you'll get fabulous results. Um, But I noticed, for example, that Meridian, I got to sit through their demo of SD scaled up. And um, I know we can do the same kind of thing, of course, but awesomely good awesomely good, and huge numbers of discs out there, compared with the small number of HD ones, so I think the jury's still out on HD formats, two formats here HD DVD is basically running to spec, but with not many players, but a good price Blu-ray, the players are scattered and and to be blunt, obsolete the day they're launched at this point, because the formats are still changing, I think it's still time for most people to wait for a while Um, and both formats are going to be with us for as far ahead as I can see, so format was who needs them what a stupid industry
1: john um i'm glad you've had a successful show all the best uh, with the solo 5.1 and thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and speak to
13: us oh it's always a pleasure you know well let's do more of these things i like to try to give my little piece to people and you know if there's constructive feedback from the listeners we'd like to either see it or hear it um because we like to know what people want to know about and i'll try to help if i can
1: Thanks very much, John.
13: Thank you, Phil. The
0: Bristol Sound and Vision Show, 2007.
1: And that's it from Bristol Sound and Vision for another year. We hope you've enjoyed the three-day coverage from the show on the AV Podcast. And don't forget to tune in for the next Home Cinema Podcast next week. And also, don't forget to download the Games and Movies editions. Until the next Bristol Show, it's goodbye from the AV Podcast
0: team. The AV Podcast was presented by Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.